You are listening to episode 276 on University of Adversity. I'm sorry you don't get to live your dreams and you live in jealousy. That sucks for you. Um, actually, it worked out really well and I can powerfully choose to go on and do other stuff because you know, I believe and support my husband. I really want him to be able to start a business and he can no longer do that here. Mm. So I'm choosing that. I'm also choosing to build a whole different dream, you know? And Mm. if I was looking at it as a victim, right? Like, oh, my husband can't have a thing here. I'd be depressed. I'd be catatonic, crying in my beer every day. But like, I'm going forward with so much gratitude and joy in my heart. I'm, you know, I'm buying a bigger home than I need because I'm taking my parents and I'm moving them from Massachusetts to buy a big family home for us. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. And we are back. What's happening, everybody? Her name is Laura D. Benedetto. She was introduced to me from Mark Victor Hansen. If you guys listened to that episode, he's an amazing dude. And he was like, hey, I want to introduce you to this, this awesome woman who's doing great things. And I said, let's do it. So he introduced us. Um, we had a really powerful conversation. Really grateful to have connected with her. She's got a, an awesome book called Six Habits. And for a time like we're in right now, there's no better time for a book like that. Because a, a lot of our life, everything is based on the habits and what we do daily. And you're going to find out a little bit, a little bit of a sneak peek onto what are some of the main habits of that book are that you can apply in your life. And we're really, we kind of get into just her take on today, as a lot of you guys know, I ask, I like to ask people like, what has it been like the last nine months? She gives us the insight into and what she's going to be doing. She's doing a big move. You'll hear all about that, right? That's coming up for her. And, you know, really how she stayed grounded during all this. And there's, there's just so much value and, and real good conversation in this, this recording that I think you guys will get a lot of value from. And if you do get value, please leave us a review on Apple or share this with a friend that you feel needs it. And of course, if you aren't subscribed, wherever you're listening to this, please hit the subscribe button. Um, and if you go over to YouTube and you watch on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. This this show has always been ad-free, you guys. And I don't ask for anything for donations up until this point or I don't you know, fill this thing full of ads and it's just straight to the content. So I just ask that to support the show, please just leave us a review or do something to share this episode, you know, because like that is what helps this thing grow. This, this is about impacting people's lives. This is about getting into the, the lives of people that need it. And we got a big runway of episodes that I believe can really help change somebody's life. So if you're new here, this, and you plug into the show, I promise you, your life will change. And if you're a regular listener, I know that you guys have been on with me for a while and you know that there's just constant growth and constant, um, uh, constantly bringing in amazing people with their stories. And you know, I want to provide you guys with the tools, tips, resources that you can use in your own life that if you're going through hard times right now, which we all are in different ways, that you can look at it in an empowered way and you can get through whatever situation you're going through. And we 
we get we go through this together we're a community we're a family if you've been with me for a while i appreciate you so much or if you're just joining us i appreciate you as well so without further ado and here we go laura thank you so much for coming on the show so nice to meet you yeah it's awesome to meet you too thanks for inviting me yeah absolutely so uh you're in maui right now i am how has that been how has that whole that whole situation been over there because i actually have friends over there as well and it's it's always interesting to sort of hear about what's going on and i guess within the last little while here we've been dealing with the craziness of the world mm -hmm. and i just really enjoy kind of kicking things off with kind of addressing what's been going on and what has come up for you and what are some of the things that have forced you to grow and what are some of the things that you have done to be able to kind of create more normalcy in your life through all these challenging times? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, um, Maui has definitely been um, very different than what it was like when I moved here. I moved mm. here a year and a half ago before the craziness of 2020 showed up and punched everybody in the face. Mm. And um, I've seen a lot of changes here. Um, you know, there's a lot of small businesses that have been forced to close. There's a lot of, um, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of rules and restrictions and things like that. Um, and uh, what, what you experience is mostly people have been like filled with uh, a lot of appreciation for nature because that was one of the things that we could still have, which was really cool. Um, and I have to tell you, living in the place that everybody wants to travel to when nobody can travel here. I have to say one of the, that was one of the most surprising gifts to come out of this is walking on the most beautiful beaches in the world alone. Like oh. nobody on them. Truly unbelievable in like every possible way. Um, but yeah, like the whole normal thing to the second part of your question, boy, is that subjective. Like normal has been uh, something we've had to recreate. I mm. mean, I think if I hear that phrase new normal one more time, I'm probably mm. going to vomit everywhere. But yeah, I hate um, that. Right? Yeah. But like my husband and I had an opportunity to basically ruin our marriage because of all the forced quality time. But we chose to really lean into each other and create a much deeper connection. And it's like, oh, those communication little thingies that weren't so amazing. Guess it's time to work on those. So mm. it's been good, actually. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting because everybody's had a different different perspective on it, right? And depending yeah. on where they are in the world, it's uh, yeah, it's obviously going to affect them differently, right? Like. I've, there's people in Europe who had like crazy lockdowns. I mean, I'm in Canada and Vancouver hasn't been that bad, but it's yeah. it, it may still get a lot worse. And that's kind of the thing. And, and what I find to be really important is really focusing on the solution versus like beating the problem to death. Like we all know this is not ideal. We all know that we're going through a challenging time, our right. real life adversity, our real life struggles in whatever way. But there comes a time where we need to focus on the solution and what can we do within ourselves to yeah. move forward, right? So true. Yeah, it really, it's been very different for a lot of people. I'm originally from Massachusetts in the United States. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's every state has handled it a little bit differently. And just talking to my friends and how they're, you know, experiencing things and my friends in Australia and just how they're experiencing things. And it's really been like, wow, um, 
this has been a true blessing to be here during this particular time to be so grounded in nature and being able to like really like root into my spirituality. And I, I mean, I, I was like seeing things across uh, the internet about how people were like literally like forced to stay in their homes in Europe yeah. and everything. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. And um, I felt very blessed to be able to just walk on the beaches and appreciate um, just nature and really just have that gift. It was something I will never forget. I mean, this has been challenging. It took my, uh, it took all the stuff that I research, you know, and, and worked on with my, my habit work. Um, it took all of that to like a, a crazy expert level. Cause it's like yeah. this year was the year it's like, Oh, well, you're either going to be a fraud or an epic success because this stuff either works or it doesn't. Okay. Well, yeah. God, it actually works really well because I'm not in a loony bin or the hospital. Yay. <laughs> totally. I, that's like the real life test for a lot of us, right? Even entrepreneurs, spiritual people, like is the real thing. You can't just talk the talk. You got to, how are you using it in your own life? And like, that's the reality of it. And some people didn't, you know, some people did better than others. And that's the thing is it all starts with ourselves also, right? I mean, it's. Yeah, it does. It. I mean, you know, it, it's, I mean, there's a, there's a certain truth to the state, you know, the statement and my personal belief is not happiness is not where you are. It's who you are. Mm. You know, you can make the worst of a situation or the best of it. And, um, you know, at the beginning of all of this, I didn't lose work. I got more work because at the same time that all of the COVID stuff showed up across the globe, my successor at my company in Massachusetts got cancer and she needed my help. So not only am I running a brand new business with a message of love that I'm trying to give everyone at a time that they really need it, but it's like, oh, hey, yeah, your, your, your company's in trouble because your successor's got cancer and she needs your help. So now you're going to go ahead and run two things. And then at the same time, my husband's brand new business that he was so excited to start doing tours all around Maui for the tourists got destroyed because there's no tourism. So oh, no. I had no time. My husband had all the time. And that's that's been an interesting dynamic. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. A lot of like so many people aren't used to having that much time together. <laughs> it's like, oh. here I am. <laughs> right? <laughs> It was like, wow, um, I hate you a little bit more and more every day. Um, I'm going to murder you, so I better, um, I better figure out how to love you more as a result of this. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I signed up for that better help, and I told my husband, I was like, sweetie, I now have um, a virtual therapist because I'm seeing you so much right now. Mm. It's a lot. <laughs> and he's like... Oh, go to therapy for me too. I'm like, okay, okay. But it's yeah. good to have people to talk to. And sure. I mean, did you go through this too? Like, do, are you married? Did you go through? No, this? I'm, I'm single. I've, you know, it's, it's been a really interesting thing because personally it hasn't affected me like it has, but in my own reality in front of me and the things that I can, you know, that I see every day other than on the phone and social media, it's, it hasn't really affected me that much, you know? And Great. I, you know, I, up until this point, let's say, and so far. I, I felt very empowered when this started because of the show, you know, my show, University of Adversity, this is, 
it, this show was created from my story and this show was created from wanting to share other people's stories. And this was like real life yeah. happening. And I felt called to really step up and be like, okay, well, you need to be somebody that helps people and helps people with their mental health and their journey because we're all going to be struggling. So in that way, I actually felt this weird, when things shut down, this weird sense of empowerment, like I was stepping into something, like some sort of calling or something. Purposeful. Yeah. And it felt, yeah, it felt, it gave me a better sense of meaning and it, it, yeah, it allowed me to kind of, it just, things got quieter around, but I, I still, I, but I still within what I can control was really trying to like amp things up and within business and stuff, we do podcast production. It hasn't really affected us too much in that way, but Right. At the same time, it, it's hard when you hear stories and you hear people st- struggling and people are in fear. That part hurts me more because I know the mental health is the real pandemic here and, and really helping people, right? And Wow, and, and you are it, so right. And, and not it, everyone sees that. Yeah, it's, it's I, like we can focus, we can focus on... Yeah, we can focus on, of course, this virus is affecting people. But at what cost is this going to create for people's mental health, right? And that's my concern, right? Same, same. I'll be totally honest with you. At the beginning of all of this, I remember looking at my husband as he was starting to get cancellations for all his stuff. I said, you know... I don't think people realize this, but this is not a couple weeks. We're going to be in this for a number of Mm. years. This is the beginning of something cataclysmic to our entire global community. And I said, I said very clearly, I said, sweetie, I am not afraid of this virus. I'm not a fearful person, but I am very afraid of other people's fear and how it will cause them to behave at a individual level, at a global level, at a governmental level. Um, And fear makes people do really wacky stuff. Mm. And so far, I haven't been wrong about some of the things that I thought might happen and how people would react and some of the fear-based things that people do and allow to have done to them. That hasn't sat well with me. So, yeah, that's honestly, like, I even had a um, a publicist I was going to work with um, say to me, you really shouldn't launch your book in the middle of this. And I'm like, honey, this ain't the middle. This is just the beginning, number one. Number two, I have never seen people so scared and so desperate and so, like, mentally eroding by the day I have to release this book now because I have to give people armament so they can actually survive this and not kill themselves or each other. Mm. Yeah, you, that's so you, you nailed it. What better time? I mean, it's called six right. habits. Like, I mean, that's what better time than now to do that. People need the habits. People need the tools. Well, but why would you have. wait? Why would you wait for that to to like until things get better? Like, people need it in the trenches. No, they do. And that's the thing. Like, you know, the, 
the the subtitle of the book is practical tools to bring your dreams to life and i'm like really wondering should i read you know give this a new subtitle it's like practical tools to help you thrive in times of chaos you know cuz like i could give you a million subtitles for this book it's like practical tools to help you not murder your whole family practical tools to mm-hmm. not live in fear and let people control you practical tools to find mental liberty to find happiness in the middle of you know discord like whatever it is you like your mental habits determine how you like experience your life that's it and it doesn't matter like i've i was on a, a podcast for remodelers and that was probably one of the most interesting conversations i had and i had people like wow i never thought about this yeah remodelers need love too and we all need to be happy mm-hmm. not just you know when we're trying to go after our dreams we need to be happy when we're being, being faced with like life challenges that we didn't ask for, things happening all around us that we don't agree with, decisions being made for us that we don't like, you know, mm. and, and, and like, oh God, I have to pivot. I got a homeschool now. Uh, I don't have a job anymore. I still need to purchase food and pay for the roof over my head. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Meanwhile, functioning in a place of fear constantly, it will actually destroy your immunity. So if you want to stay healthier, you should probably actually focus on being happy. I was doing this crazy uh, research um, when I was looking into uh, like making the book really solid. I found this really cool study that they did for like 30 years. And I say they, you know, the big they in the sky. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a big study done that actually proved the impact of stress on immunity. Mm-hmm. And it ain't good. Like if you are highly stressed out, which hello earth, I see you. <laughs> it affects your immunity. One of the best things you can do for yourself is to actually work on being happy because you make yourself more bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Bruce Lipton and Dr. Joe Dispenza talk about that all the time. Like they mm-hmm. talk about how fear s- suppresses your immune system. Yeah. Like if you're scared all the time, you're you're more susceptible to getting sick. That's just the reality of it, it is. right? And the stress and that man, that's how things manifest into illnesses. That's, Absolutely. You know, I mean, we're just energy, you know, like we're, you know, and <laughs> it's crazy because like we can control, we can't control all, like the externals, but we can control ourselves and the things that we decide to do and take in. And that is a lot of work sometimes. You got to, you got to be mindful of what you allow in, Mm -hmm. into your like, (laughs) like what is useful, like how, you know, cause we all go down the rabbit hole of fear sometimes or negativity and that can, I mean, I, you know, Oh, you can spiral. Right. But then you can also, you can also really focus on the things that are empowering, like the solutions to like, okay, now that we know, yeah. Now that we know like what's going on, how do we fix it, right? Right. Like it's very difficult and it's very like it's daunting. It's really mm. daunting. I mean, I got to be honest with you, like this is the year um that I I had so many fears pop up around like, you know, what's going to happen with Julia? She's my successor at at my marketing company, like her cancer. Like, you know, oh, you know, how how am I going to do all of this mm. when I already moved on to do something else? And I don't know if I can be active CEO of two companies at the same time and do a good job. And what about my husband? And he's getting depressed. And what about my parents? They're aging. They're both immunocompromised. Oh my God, right? Um, 
but yeah, like one of the, one of the tools that I teach about is redirection and we need to redirect ourselves. And I got to tell you, that was a full time job mm-hmm. this year for me because fear doesn't just stop showing up. Like people are like, Oh, I'm fearless liar. No, you're not. You're probably mm-hmm. just courageous because fear is all around us. It's our human nature. Mm-hmm. Fear is normal, but constantly letting it, letting it drive the bus is not normal. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy. Looking at the fear and being like, oh, this is interesting. Why do I feel this way? Is this really the right response? Does it have to be this way? That's a lot more empowering. This, yeah, like this year, like I'm not ruled by fear, but I'll be totally honest with you. I'm a little tired from just constantly, constantly, constantly. Like I've got like this personal like force field around me. I'm like, pew, 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 pew. Yeah. <laughs> Don't come near me. Oh my God. Pew, pew. I know exactly. Like I, I know. I'm doing good here. Leave me alone. I don't want to get out of here. Like stay out of my area. I know. Yeah. And then you get the uncle. that's like, well, I'm going to talk to you about gun control. Wow. Pew, pew. No, (laughs) no, no. We're not talking about this. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How, how does somebody improve their relationship with themselves during this? You know, like, what are some things that people can do? Because really that's, that's what we're working with, right? How can people, how can people do that? Well, that's a very, very uh, simple question. Of course, the answer is not so simple, but I'll give it to you. Um, You have to first decide that it's actually worth it for you Mm. to do it. So like, I always like to pick on the whole celery juice movement just because someone told me you should drink celery juice and to which I said, hell to the no, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to do that. It tastes like I'm drinking salt. No, thanks. (laughs) Um, You know, but if, Hey, if you're a celery juice drinker, no hate, like you Mm -hmm. just have better taste buds than myself. I can't do it. But like anytime we need to do anything, we have to have a substantial enough calling within ourselves to even agree that it's worth our time. Otherwise Mm -hmm. we're not going to do it. Right. So it's kind of like, I don't know if you ever spent a lot of time in sales like I did, but people buy and they make life changes for two, one of two reasons. 95% of the time they're either running away from pain or 5% of the time running toward pleasure. And I don't care which one it is. It's probably going to be what you're running away from. You need to have sufficient motivation within yourself to even want to acknowledge the relationship you have with yourself. And then two, to perhaps look at it and be like, Hmm, maybe it's not as great as it could be. And maybe the parts in my life that aren't so awesome, like the fear I'm feeling, my health, my marriage, my job, my financial prosperity, maybe those are actually a byproduct of my relationship with me. Huh. You have to invite yourself to actually think differently and be willing to look at the answers and see something that maybe ain't so great. Looking in the mirror sometimes is very difficult because what we see staring back at us when we're like emotionally like naked and just vulnerable Sometimes we don't like what we say, so we just don't want to look. But like that's where it always begins is just the willingness to look. Having the desire to do something with it, but then working on it, believe it or not, that's actually the easy part. But the acknowledgement that that's where things begin and a desire to do it, that's probably 99.9% of it because the tools that I outline for you in my book, but also the stuff that you and I are talking about, these things are doable. Science is awesome. It talks about how habits are formed in like 66 to 90 days. 
anybody can do that. But if you don't truly want to, because you haven't had a good hard look at yourself and the results you're getting from the way you're currently being, it doesn't matter. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, we got to be real with ourselves. Like we got to take inventory, <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. we got to, yeah. we got to look at, you know, first of all, you know, yeah. Are we willing to change? We can talk about it, but yeah. talking about it is a whole different thing than actually doing it and like evaluating, you know, like what isn't working, what relationships aren't working. There's so many different things that can contribute to making us unhappy from what you put in your body, consuming, you know, from, from, from focusing on the wrong thing. Yeah. It's like really just stripping down and being like, all right, like I need to figure that out and look at yourself and say, you know, where, where am I struggling here? Right? Like what needs to be, you have to face it. Yeah. There's a lot of bravery that's required of us when it comes to looking at ourselves. It's so easy. We humans love to point our fingers at other people and, oh, if only they did this and only if they did that. But when you become your own peanut gallery, That requires a level of bravery and courage like you've never known because this is the final frontier is your own damn self. And that's the scariest place because you actually are in control. And you may actually have to acknowledge that my life is not what I want it to be because I have always allowed fear and insecurity to hold me back and I chose that. Mm. And sometimes we actually have to have that courageous, brave moment of facing it forgiving ourselves, working on it, choosing differently, bro, that's hard. Mm. That's really hard. And our fear does not want us to change. Our fear has a job. It's to keep us in a teeny tiny little box that is the same. That's our fear's job. Mm. And it works really well. Yeah. Yeah, it does. How have you always like, how, how did you get into all this stuff? Like, how did you get into, was there a moment in your life that was really, was it like a rock bottom moment or was it something that was like, like a gradual thing? Walk us through like how you kind of got into exploring this world of like, you know, personal growth and personal transformation. Sure. Um, well, I, um, you know, I started out my entrepreneurial life just being like, Oh, I want to go out there and make money and whatever. Mm. And, you know, I had some people like turn me on to some business books and I was like, wow, business books are a thing. Wow. I remember reading like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, you know, I let people kind of like show me different things and like, hey, you want to come to this retreat? What's a retreat? Hey, you want to come and like, you know, meditate in the park? What's meditation? Like I always like approached life in my twenties is like, yeah, okay. You're, you're a crackhead, but sure. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> right? Yeah. The same way. I was like, I was judgmental. Yeah. I was the same. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So we can be pals. Could we just have that moment? I, my 20 everything self was a little judgmental. So, but I always, you know, like I always kept coming back to it and I've kept coming back to it. And I was like, I like the business books I read because they gave me really cool ideas. And, you know, like I remember reading books about spirituality that weren't rooted in just the Christian faith that I grew up with. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And I've always liked having like 
almost like confrontational uh, conversations where it's not like confronting the other person, but confronting an assumption or confronting like a belief that someone else put in us versus mm. um, something that we organically designed. It's like, Ooh, who put that there? Let's pick it this one. So yeah, I just always like did a bunch of these things, but like, I think part of my frustration over all these years, twenties and my thirties is like, I'd pick up an awesome book and I would be like, wow, blown away. Right. I'm sure you've had some books where you're like, whoa, this is amazing. But then as soon as you're done reading it, nothing's really different. Yeah. And I just kept feeling that. So became, I, after a while, like in my thirties, I became kind of like a audiobook junkie and like, but I just like, and maybe like take like a nugget out of it and on to the next book. And it's like, wow, man, the cost to return ratio sucks here. What am I doing wrong? But I was busy building my little empire and, you know, just trying to be successful, chasing the almighty dollar, have all the toys, you know? And uh, for all the, like the, the happiness stuff that I'd always like looked at with books, for when I actually got to the point of 37, being tired, kind of burnt out. And like, I, I think I really want to like retire. And I say that in air quotes for anyone that can't see me. Um, like retire for me was just, I just don't want to do this anymore. I just would like to keep the money and not the work. So how do we do that? That's cool. So, but when I got there and I did it and I found the woman that I just loved to pieces to run my company and partner with me, you know, I sold her half the company. Um, for, for me to get there and then feel like this just abyss of like blah, I was like, what the hell? I was confused because I'd read all the books. I'd done the retreats. I sat on the meditation pillows and I had the Ayurvedic diets and done all the things. And I was like, why do I still feel so poopy? You know? And mm. uh, I just got there, stared at the wall when I, you know, retired. And I was just, I mean, I mean, I stared at the wall for days, days, mm. just, just like, I don't know if you've ever been so depressed that you're practically catatonic, but that's how I was. And I was like, something's mm. wrong here. So just being the entrepreneur, I'm like a natural born problem solver. So I was like, what is it about those books that were filled with so much beautiful wisdom that I didn't absorb a damn thing? And, and why am I not as wealthy as Robert Kiyosaki? And why, mm. you know, why am I not sitting on my own personal, you know, pile of spiritual accomplishments? Like what's wrong? So I started asking like, well, what do happy people have in common? And what, first of all, what's happiness at all? Is this some, something that I can actually create for me or am I just like miserable by nature? And this is just who I am. Um, so I just started like finding lots of interesting things. I started finding that like um, happiness is not what you have. It's not who you surround yourself with. It's not what you do. It's not even where you are. Like I didn't move to Maui because I wanted to be happy. Happiness is who you are and you have better people and better circumstances in your life because of who you are. So I found that. Um, I mean, I realized probably some people listening where they're like, yeah, well, whatever. That's not a revelation. Well, it was to me. I had no idea because I always chased commercial stuff, you know? But the, the idea of success that you see in movies and magazines and like all these other people in the business community that you want to be like, right? And I also figured it out that um, the more I studied people and their behavior and their attitudes, I, I noticed six things in common. And I was like, oh, oh, I noticed that people that people that tend to go to the gym a lot tend to be happy. People that tend to eat right tend to be happy. And but 
why do they do those things? And that was probably the most important question. And it was like, oh, it's not the exercise that makes them happy. It's actually who they are. And it's them, it's the thing inside themselves that makes them go to the gym, that makes them exercise and want to. So I was like, what the heck is that? And I just started getting curious because that's just kind of who I am. And I started noticing that, oh my goodness, it's actual, like it's six thought patterns that keep recurring over and over and over that, that you see in the happiest people. And I was like, Ooh, what's a thought pattern? Ooh, that's, Ooh, that's a habit. Oh, okay. So that's where all of this came from. It was like six mental habits. I mean, I always thought habits were things like brushing your teeth and having coffee or smoking cigarettes or whatever. And those are habits too. But I was like, Oh shoot, there's invisible habits. Whoa. Right. So I started like think they trying to figure this out. I'm like, oh, it's not, it's not the exercise, it's not the cigarettes, it's not that. It's all the things underneath that. It's the mental habits that make us make good choices, bad choices, that make us happy, not happy, have good marriages or not, um, make us have lots of money or not. It's it's actually how we think. And then of course my next question is, well, I'm a stubborn little bugger. Can I have these habits? So I was like, all right, science, can I do this in 21 days? Uh, no. 30? Nope. So it was, I turned, you know, did a bunch of research, found some studies and it's like 66 days. And I was like, oh, well, I'm stubborn. I need to make this Laura proof. So I'm going to see if I can figure out a way to like force myself into these mental habits over like 90 days. Yeah. And I started tweaking and experimenting and using myself as a guinea pig to see like, what can I actually do? And can I be happier? And lo and behold, as it turns out, I changed my life and who I am and my thoughts so massively. My life started feeling different. I had health issues prior to all of this. They started like getting worked on and resolving. My marriage was getting better. Like, it was crazy. Like just this whole discovery and transformation process, like just really nuts. Like to the point where I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, miserable little me. I don't need to be a cynical dirtbag. Mm. Really? I can actually be the person that's like, oh my God, happiness for everybody. I yeah. felt like Oprah, happiness for you, happiness mm. for you. <laughs> like throwing it out like crazy. <laughs> so true. Yeah. It's like, it's like a wholeness you feel like, yes. And, and things, liberty. yeah, and things. I found this, and I, 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 I really liked how you. For anybody that's listening, I would highly suggest go checking out your TED talk. It was great. Like your question of like, what, what do the happiest people have in common? And it's such a good, like you know, like or like you know, like the successful happy people or whatever. Like modeling, like these people are happy. They're successful. Like what are they doing? It's like we don't need to reinvent the wheel. It's like, it's, it's such a good thing. It's like that in business too. It's like, this guy has a lot of money. He's happy. Or so, you know, like, or you model these people. Like I, for me, it was like somebody like Tony Robbins. You know, I love Tony Robbins. Not everybody Same. does, but I, he, he was a, a person that really shifted things for me. And I started to pay attention to other people and be like, what are they doing? Okay. And then it's, it's not rocket science. You're like, let's just take what they're doing and do them in my own life. And, yep. you know, gratitude for me was the number, was, was probably the biggest one that I adopted mm-hmm. and in my life that I can't explain to this day even how or why or any of that. But when I committed to that, 
I remember like 90 days is a perfect amount. It's a longer time, but it's like you can really change your life in 90 days, like profoundly. And like gratitude for me coming from a family that wasn't very grateful about, like it was always lack what we don't have versus what we do have. That really shifted things for me. Like, and even to this day, I'm like, it's crazy when I talk about it because I would have never talked about that before. Like, that's like, I would have been like, what? How does that? But it really changes who you are and what you talk about. Yeah, it really does. And your world just changes. It just, it, it's crazy. Like it's. Mm -hmm. You're a living, breathing testament to what I'm talking about. I love this. yeah. Yeah. It's. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's one of these things. And I know that, again, it's about taking control of your life and modeling what other people do and listening because we can all be stubborn and go, that's so stupid. I'm not going to do that. And it's like, well, are you happy with your current situation? Are you happy with how you feel? Are you happy how you look? Are you happy with all the things? If you are, great, right? Like happiness is, it, it's all different for everybody. But if you aren't, well, it probably is because of your habits and how you show up every day. Bingo. It's right? also the simple ideas that tend to give us the biggest results. Like, do you know um, Mel Robbins? Oh, yeah. Her five, her five second rule. Yeah, that's so it's good. so darn simple. Five, four, three, two, one. I'm going to go do it. And you know... She's built the most incredible empire around the simplest notion. I admire the heck out of her. I just want to hang out with her. She also, she's a Massachusetts lady. So of course she's my people. Right. But like, it's such a simple idea. And when people use it, it works. And that's the thing about these six habits and these six concepts, like, you know, gratitude is the third habit and everybody's like, Oh yeah, gratitude. I know that one. Okay. Well, maybe you should lean in a little closer and really, really understand what gratitude truly looks like. Because when you look at it as a lens through which you see, you know, which through you see all of your life, particularly the hard stuff, you know, that's Mm. when it changes things in a big, big way. Like I've been through some serious crap in my life. Haven't we all? (laughs) But instead of looking back on those moments as I'm a victim, that sucked. And looking at them as, gifts that we were given to either Mm. learn from or grow from or, you know, get stuff out of or even to serve others with. It's like, oh, when you experience your life's tribulations differently, Mm. you experience your life's joys differently and your life's crossroads differently. You know, you get to that moment where it's like, if you look at everything through the incredible lens of appreciation, when you get to a big crossroads in your life, you tend to show up differently and evaluate your choices um, from a very, very different perspective as opposed to, oh God, I'm, you know, I'm screwed if I do this. I'm screwed if I do that. It's like, well, hmm, here's how I win if I do this. And here's how I win if I do that. Like, you know, so I live on Maui right now and I'm so grateful to be here. And you know what? I'm moving to Jacksonville, Florida in like a month and a half. It'll and be a change of pace. A little, <laughs> little bit. Um, and I'm, you know... I powerfully chose to leave. And it's not that I don't love Maui. I freaking love it here. Mm. And, you know, I've even had some people be like, oh, Maui didn't work out for you. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, 
I'm sorry you don't get to live your dreams and you live in jealousy. That sucks for you. Um, actually, it worked out really well. And I can powerfully choose to go on and do other stuff because, you know, I believe and support my husband. I really want him to be able to start a business and he can no longer do that here. Mm. So I'm choosing that. I'm also choosing to build a whole different dream, you know? And mm. if I was looking at it as a victim, right? Like, oh, my husband can't have a thing here. I'd be depressed. I'd be catatonic, crying in my beer every day. But like, I'm going forward with so much gratitude and joy in my heart. I'm, you know, I'm buying a bigger home than I need because I'm taking my parents and I'm moving them from Massachusetts to buy a big family home for us. And I'm only doing that because I've got such a great, like prosperous attitude about the whole damn thing. Yeah. That's amazing because it's really the acceptance and yeah, the empowerment of the situation because it's the resistance in the situation that can create a lot of chaos too. Because totally. sometimes the things that are labeled bad or challenging actually are good. And sometimes when things are really smooth and it seems that those are the easy things, there's not any growth in that. So Correct. leaning into that, there's always going to be an opportunity that comes out of this. And the fact that you're leaning into that opportunity, you know, that's a great thing to do, like be able to, you know, give your husband a chance to do a business instead of being like, well, no, I like it here. I want to stay here. We're going to stay here. It's like, well, no, okay. You're getting, you're getting the option. You're, you're, you're allowing, you're going through another door. And from your attitude of gratitude, oh, I just made a rhyme there. I didn't even mean to do that. Bam. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's going to allow you're going to create something else is going to come that's even going to be bigger than what you can expect. And that's how it works. That's, yeah. that's how it is. It's like, and then people only see that you're leaving. I'm sure there's people who are like, why would you go there? But who knows what the reason is, like the divine plan of, of whatever you're doing, it could very well be something that could com you know, completely change your life in such a Absolutely. positive way. Right. Totally. Yeah. I, so. I, I'm sure this surprises no one that's ever heard me anywhere speak at any time ever. I am a type A control freak. I like things 100% my way all the time. It's fun being married to this. Ask my poor husband. <laughs> mm. But like, this is the year I have had to surrender more than I've ever surrendered in my life. And surrender can feel like swallowing broken glass. Mm. But if you choose it, and it's like, oh, all right, you know, like... My husband chose Jacksonville. In a million years, I would have never said, oh boy, I can't wait to live in Jacksonville, Florida. But when I realized like, I can do business anywhere, I can heal the world from anywhere, I can give love anywhere. I work from home, I'm at home right now. Like, but my husband, on the other hand, he matters to me in a big way. So I was like, honey, you choose where we live. Where, where are you gonna feel most comfortable, sweetie? And he's like, I really wanna be in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay, we'll start house shopping, you know? And he's so cute, right? He's like, well, I'm gonna look at the best place for floods and hurricanes and easy evacuation routes and sinkholes. And I'm like, right, whatever makes you happy, baby. <laughs> so we're moving to Jacksonville and found a beautiful home. And, um, you know, I, I'm buying a home over FaceTime, y'all, mm. over FaceTime. That's uh, <laughs> that's something. Try that's, that sometime. That's a Talk surrender. about surrender and faith. It's like, yeah. okay, I have faith in you and this is a good home. Okay. <laughs> can, we, can we unpack surrendering a little bit more? Because uh, this has been something very, th that is yes. just so important in life. And 
you know, I've had a lot of downloads through journaling, through um, meditation, even through plant medicine, like surrendering for me has been a thing that has been challenging because I want to know what, like it's, you want to control things. You want to know the outcome. You want to know the the how, and, and it's like, and that's actually a function of fear, by the way. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. And it's like, it's crazy because the letting go of the outcome, the letting go of it and just doing it is when things manifest quicker. It's the stuff that you like have yeah. all this weird attachment to it and like this like yeah. controlling feeling. It's like, no wonder it, it like repels it. So I would love to know like you're with surrendering, like what are, how are some of the things that you've had to do in your life to kind of practice that because that is a really really challenging thing to do especially when you're used to having control uh yeah i mean ceo of two companies yeah i tend to run things <laughs> <laughs> huh oh man uh yeah uh you know what um just as a side note i've been wondering where like universal intelligence spirit god whatever everybody believes i, I think they're all the same personally yeah um I wonder for me, like, what is the next book I'm going to be writing and what is that rooted in? And in this moment, I'm realizing the seventh habit is probably going to be surrender. And that will be the book um, that I'll be writing next. And it's going to, it's going to be insane. Um, so yes, let's do a cannonball in the pool and surrender. Um, when I, um, when I retired from my marketing company, that's like probably one of the most, um, important moments of surrender. Remember that I told you I was staring at the wall all like catatonic for a while, a couple mm. days. I gave up. That was me just totally giving up. And it was, I mean, I was like, screw this. I quit. Okay. Like you win life. You kicked my butt. I can't do this. I'm never going to be as successful as my friends. I'll never be thin enough. I'll never have enough money. Meanwhile, it's crazy because I'm thin, successful and whatever, right? Like, but this is where my head was. By the way, if you hear my dog snoring, I apologize. Oh, I've right. surrendered to that too. It's I okay. can't control it. Oh, I, the stuff that happens in this podcast with tech things, I'm just like, I have to surrender to. So I totally understand. Cool. Thank you for yeah. surrendering with me, co-surrenderer. <laughs> <laughs> so I just... Just like, you know, it was the whole, it's, I don't know. It was the whole thing where I finally let go. I stopped trying to control things and I gave up. And here's a pivotal part of this. Like if you haven't read my book yet, you'll, you'll notice there's a part in the book where I talked about how I really was convinced that I was going to be starting a business um, to have a really upscale, fancy schmancy bakery for Italian and French pastries and coffees and things that I just love. Cause I wanted to give people pleasure. I still do. I just do it through the mind as opposed to through the mouth. And I had to let go of that because I could feel as I was doing my, my first round of funding, how unhappy I was. And I had to give up on a dream that I put yet more thousands of dollars into and thousands, you know, like hundreds of hours into, I was like, come on. So I wasn't going to do the marketing company and I wasn't going to do the bakery. And I was like, well, I don't know where the hell I belong. Okay. And I just felt like crap. So staring at the wall was just giving up, hating life, hating myself was surrender. I just let go. And it was my entrepreneurial fighter spirit that was given to me. I didn't walk out of the womb this way. Nobody does. I'm built this way, right? And 
this wasn't an accident, but I was given the six habits so I could, so I could finally find this place within myself. And wouldn't you know, the thing I'd always looked for, the happiness finally showed up because I finally let go of trying to find it the old way, which is buy all the things, win all the awards, make all the money, you know, have the best stuff, whatever. But then more than that, this was a surprise I didn't see coming. I always knew that my purpose was to give people happiness. Always, right? As a marketing company CEO, I like to see families be able to thrive and put their kids through college, you know, and the clients. That made me happy. But that never felt like, you know, the it in the capital letters, it, Mm. you know? And then I thought it was going to be pastries and I thought that was going to be it. It wasn't it. But the thing that I wanted to find was my damn purpose. And of course, in finally working on myself and discovering the pathway and realizing how much joy I finally had in my heart after years of relentless pursuit in all the wrong directions, my purpose was revealed through surrender, which was, oh, this is how I'm going to give people joy. It's much more profound. And it's like, I've never felt a greater sense of purpose. Like this year in particular, I'll surrender. Like 2018 through now, it's been nothing but two two whatever, two years and change of nothing but surrender, surrender, surrender. 2020, you think I like this year? No. My company in Massachusetts got kicked in the face because half of our clients are restaurants. How well are they doing right now? Breaks we lost a lot of clients and it's not because we did a Yeah, same. We didn't do anything wrong, but you know what kills me? These families, these mothers and fathers that started these businesses so they could like, you know, like this this Asian couple started this wonderful little sushi restaurant, highly perishable. You cannot survive on one customer a day. I remember serving these people and helping them and fighting for their little business to do well. And I remember the husband and the wife sitting where they're while their little kids are in the back booth trying to hide from the customers, sitting there coloring and doing their homework. That's why I like to do what I did. And their business, I don't even think it exists anymore. Like this was like soul crushing. I hated this. Julia getting cancer. I hated it. My husband losing the company. He finally had the courage to start. I hated it. Mm. You know, like everything has been about surrender. It's like, cool. Well, this is how it's going to be. Oh, okay. Oh, we're not going to be living in Maui for the rest of our lives. Okay. You know, and I find that the more I go with things, the more it actually works out because I always wanted to live in a home with my parents as an adult and take care of them and give them a beautiful life. And it's only through surrendering and being willing to move to Jacksonville, the one place on the planet my mom is willing to move to. I didn't know that. I surrendered and now I'm going to get my mom and my dad to move down with me, which makes me really freaking happy. And getting my husband to thrive, it's only because I'm letting go. You know, and building a different dream and being able to like, you know, let go of what I thought I was going to do with my life and accept that, no, my dear, says the universe, this Mm. is what you are meant to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's powerful. It's so true. It's, it's uh, learning how to listen to, right? Sometimes we get that, I talk about it a lot, is the call, you know, like we get the nudge from the universe or wherever, whatever you want to call it, God, and we ignore it a lot of times because we we think, 
with our logical, you know, our ego takes over. It's like, no, that's not true. But yet that's actually the truest form that we get is yeah. that feeling within our heart, our soul. And yeah, like we need to trust that things will work out in that although it may seem like something, it doesn't feel ideal, it may actually be something that serves us long-term. But that acceptance yeah. and letting go of that in the, in the moment mm -hmm. is really what does it. And yeah, you know, talking about, that this part really breaks my heart is like in, in our world is these businesses, these small businesses that just have worked so hard. You know, I worked in, I, man, I get emotional with this stuff because I worked in the bars and restaurants for so many years and I could, the only way, it's the only skill I had outside of like when I finished playing hockey, I got into the bars and restaurants. That's all I had. I didn't go to school. And I relied, my entire life relied on making tips and working for these, these bars and restaurants. And yep. it allowed me to travel. It allowed me to do all these things. And now seeing them get shut down and not be able to continue building things that they've put so much time and so much effort into, like that is what really breaks my heart about all of this. And not to go off on a huge thing about it, but as soon as I start to hear about like small businesses, like restaurants and stuff, it like, it kills me because, yeah. you know, like the, I know what it takes and how hard it is to have a restaurant. And when you're, these people are doing so much hard work and these little businesses and they just get crushed and nobody cares. And it's really devastating, you know? Yes. And yeah, I mean... I don't know why I got into that so deep, but. Because <laughs> it hurts. Honestly, as I was telling you about yeah. the things I've had to surrender to and just telling you about my clients, like the little um, Asian couple and their cute little family, yeah. literally I, I'm, I had to choke back like the tears because that's how much I care about these people and that's how much it breaks my heart. These aren't just faceless businesses. These are families. Yeah. These are children that need a mommy and daddy that, you know, aren't, on the brink of like losing everything, you know, they need these things. Yeah. It's been so rotten to witness rotten. Yeah. What I would like to not see happen is the only businesses that remain is Walmart and Costco. Oh my God, I know. The fabric of this whole world is the independence fighter spirit of the entrepreneur. That's what mm. America was founded on. Like 200 years ago, the United States was built on nothing but blacksmiths and, um, you know, shoemakers and dressmakers and roofers and people that came together in small little communities and like apprenticeship and that fighter, scrappy spirit that the whole world knows America as, right? That's where we come from. Those are our roots as Americans, as, as the small independent fighter. And to see the spirit of that, yeah, that, to see that being crushed right now, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you I'm having a really hard time surrendering to that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is really where, see, that's the thing too is that there's a lot of this stuff that I've kind of surrender is such a good word for this that I'm like, okay, accepted. It is what it is, but where I really get where it's hard for me to not really pay attention to and not speak out about is about these people getting absolutely screwed during all this. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and we talked about mental health, 
what happens to these people that lose everything? I've talked to so many people from 2008 that lost everything and things were not good for them for a while, right? Things were bad. And this, what do these people do now that lose everything and yet don't have the tools because they've spent the last 20, 30 years working on this restaurant or this bar or this small shop or whatever. That's all they know. And now what? And how do we help those people? You know, that is what I'm concerned about. And that's why I think like a book like yours, you know, like that's kind of what people are going to need as a tool, like a thing like here, here's what you can do now because you're in a position, you're vulnerable, you've, you know, like that's what's going to happen. And I, you know, that's what's going to be the, the real problem in the next few months to a year to I don't know how long is that is people needing the things, the tools, the steps, the resources to help build themselves up again. Absolutely. You know? and here's the thing. Here's the truth. Like, let's say you've only known hospitality your whole year. Let's, let's, just, let's just pick on my husband because he's a wonderful example of everything that you're talking about, whose background has been only hospitality. My husband is a gifted sommelier. He could tell you notes about wine. He, he had like a, some wine from Italy and he said to the winemaker, he goes, oh, there's olive trees on the property. I can taste it. I can taste it in the wine. Whoa. He's that good right? He's a gifted sommelier, right? But he just wasn't able to really find his mark in that world. He got overworked and burnt out. And he, you know, I, at my insistence, I was like, sweetie, please stop working 80 hours a week. I'd like to see you. And when I see you, I'd like for you to not be grumpy and sleeping. Please follow your heart and follow your dream. So he wanted to start a tour company, right? Did my husband know how to be an entrepreneur? No, not the faintest clue, even though he's got like Sally entrepreneur for a wife, you know, he has no idea. So he's been dealing with all of this stuff. And, you know, I just look at what it's required of him, right? What it requires of him to create his own prosperity from nothing. He has to believe in himself and his ability to actually pull himself out of like the abyss of, I have no income. I have no job. I have no business. I've got nothing. So how do I pull myself out of complete air and and create a business out of it? Well, you have to believe that you can. And if you don't believe that you can, you cannot, it's like, do not pass go, do not collect $200. You can't do it. Mm -hmm. That self-belief that comes from like the habits themselves. Like you have to be kind to yourself and your own cheerleader. If you're constantly telling yourself, I can't do this. I'm going to fail. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never owned a company before. I don't know how to do this. And I don't, I don't know accounting and I don't know how to go out and sell and blah, 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 blah. You're never going to do it. I never knew how to do any of these things, but they're all learnable, but you're never going to get to the learnable until you can get past yourself. And that's just one of the habits, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about gratitude too. Like you gotta be, you gotta be grateful for the failures, like, gosh, I'm so grateful that coronavirus kicked my company in the face. So now I have an opportunity to start another one that's probably going to be more successful. Yeah. You know how hard it is to adopt that attitude? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so hard to do. And, you know, there is going to be something beautiful come out of this because I know that I'll be talking to people and so will you down the road that'll be like, this was the best thing to ever happen to me. So many people I've talked to be like, my business got wiped out. I was a mortgage broker. I got wiped out. I thought, I thought my life was over. And then now I'm here and it was the best thing to happen. That is like, 
<laughs> I know that's going to happen for people. It's hard to see yes. that now, but if we can somehow show people like, look, this may be the thing that you can look back at later and use as that thing to teach other people how you got through it. You know, like that is going to be, and it's hard because when you're in the moment going through that, it's hard to tell somebody, be grateful for what you're going through. It's shit right now. Like <laughs> It's like, you know, yeah. but if we can somehow see that, because it's easy to be grateful in when things are going well. But if you have the yeah. habit, if you have the habits of doing it and you're grateful if it's bad or good or whatever you think good or bad is, that's where it's, that's where it's going to be powerful for you. Totally. Totally. I mean, everything you're saying is like so true. You want a job? You want to help me sell some habit stuff? <laughs> like, it's so true though. I mean, like we, it's, it's, you remember those choose your own adventure books yeah. from when we were kids? Yeah. 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 They're great. This is that. You can choose your own adventure. I miss those, like I miss those books. Oh, you're living in one, so you don't have to miss it that much. <laughs> yeah, aren't we? It's like a simulation, like choose your own life. Welcome to the own. Matrix. <laughs> Seriously, though. Oh, man, that's a whole other conversation. Like a red pill or a blue pill. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. we could have a longer conversation about that. But like, you know, there's, um, God, there's so much there. And, yeah. you know, I will tell you this much. This is a year of choices surrender. And it's all about what happens experientially within each one of us. Mm. We have the choice and I will totally be honest with you. I am prone to depression. I am. I'm prone to like depression, being angry. I can be, I mean, I'm not proud of this, but I, I have the capacity to be incredibly mean and like biting and critical and controlling and all the negative things you just don't want near you. I have the capacity for all of this. And at every turn, when things got hairy this year, that was always nipping at the back of my head. Mm -hmm. Hey, just, you know, just lash out. It's easier. Hey, just control the hell out of this. Hey, just, you know, just micromanage the situation. And hey, just, you know, scream at somebody because things didn't go your way. You know, like this is who I used to be. I'm not proud of it. Mm -hmm. But it's so important to be able to like just admit these things within ourselves because I'm telling you, you don't have to be special to do this stuff. I'm like, so not special. Yeah. I'm not, I just chose differently and we mm. all can. And like, I'm telling you, like Lance, this is the year that I finally chose right mm. all year. Was the yeah. sadness there? Sure. I chose to feel it and I moved on. Were the choices there? Yep. Did mm. I cry a lot this year? I sure did. And I chose to let the tears come and just let them not own me, but just feel them. That's okay. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. We choose our own experience. And these habits have been very instrumental in me still coming out on top at the end of this year. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it, it's, it's great to be able to see things like that because, you know, I've been doing a lot of psychology work and studying like Jordan Peterson and Carl Jung and I different. Love him. Yeah. And, and he was talking about how we all have the capability to be like the most destructive human or like, the, like, mm -hmm. or this like evil creature. We all have it in us. That's a human, right? So, but some of us get those thoughts more than others and some of us don't live there as often, but we are all capable of either greatness or evil. Like there's, there is in it within all of us. And, but that itself, accepting that just as being human and going, 
shit, you know, I could be, a, I can be a crazy mofo, you know, like, or I can be, you know, like I've seen it myself, but that's okay. That's the love and acceptance for who you are. But it's the understanding and being able to admit what you just said about, yeah, look, like I have, I, and I'm the same, like I can be crazy if I want to be, but I like knowing that that that's not who I'm going to let sit at the front of the table right. most of the time. Once in a while, they'll come in. That's fine. There's a purpose in our, in our archetype, in our psychology, in our, in our ego. Absolutely. But, but like, it's, it's actually funny when you realize like the capabilities of us are human as a human being. And then it allows us to not be as hard on ourselves when that stuff shows up, you know? Right. Yeah, but also seeing it like and realizing that we all have this potential. Like I I am like A1 monster, capable, Mm. but I'm Mm. also A1 healer, lover, giver, magician capable. And at the end of the day, like grass grows where you water it. Which one do you want to be? Totally. You know? And and it's like there there's also liberty in other people admitting I have the capacity to be a monster and I don't choose it. You know? And you don't have to choose it. Like my, my husband, again, picking on the poor guy, he'll be the first one to tell you there is a massive monster inside of him. I know I'm married to him. I've met the monster, right? Yeah. But like he chooses differently. He always chooses differently. And sometimes I feel like I can see him fighting the monster and like, no, shut up. No, that's not who I want to be anymore. You know? And like, yeah. we are better than our conditioning. We yeah. do get to choose. I don't want to be a monster. He doesn't want to be a monster. Who can be proud of themselves when they're like that? Yeah. And I also don't want to be a wuss that doesn't do anything with my life. I could totally. choose that too. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just the, it's the awareness. Awareness is the number one thing. And like you said in the beginning of this conversation, that's really what this is, is being aware of what you're doing and who you are. That's the first step. There's a really good book um, by Anthony DeMello. Well, he's like speaking. It's called Awareness and how everybody operates out of either love or fear. You know, like that's the two. And yeah. it's really to, to be able to make change in your life, you just got to be aware first. And, yes. then, and then, you know, it's, it's a journey. And then you obviously got to pick up the six habits, right? And then it's... Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> nice plug. It's yeah. very subtle. <laughs> I um, so, appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Where if people want to learn more about you and obviously get your book, we can link them all in the show notes. Where's the best place to check you out and to look forward for any more work that you're going to be putting out? So you can connect with me at the sixhabits.com. It's the S-I-X habits.com. Check that out. Um, my book's available on Amazon. I'm trying to get my audio book on there, but right now it's available on my website only. Their ACX is like super ultra backed up right now, but the audiobook does exist. There's a 90-day program. Um, even if you think your life is really, really great, I challenge you that it might not be as sparkly as you think. There's a free quiz you can take. Um, I take a very small amount of coaching clients per year. Um, you can find out about that. But everything begins at thesixhabits.com. My suggestion, start with the book. Just learn. Mm-hmm. Start changing your thinking of like, huh, I could look at my life differently. Do I have the bravery to look at myself? I think mm-hmm. so. The sixhabits.com. Love it. If you could give everybody a takeaway, I always ask this final question so they can walk away with this. Out of all the challenges, struggles, and adversity that you've gone through, what is one lesson that adversity 
has taught you? Hmm. God, that's good. Wish I'd been prepared for that for about a month to think it over. Hmm. So adversity, it's taught me that I'm not in control. It's taught me that um, there is a greater purpose. Turns out I'm not God. I don't twirl the heavens on my little finger. (laughs) And uh, when I let go and I let, you know, God, spirit or whomever drive or surrender and let my husband drive or even let other people just control the way things go. Sometimes I actually just get to be the passenger for a while and just actually just enjoy the view and enjoy the ride. Mm. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Every single answer is different and it's just so beautiful because there's so many lessons in the adversity, you know, so many there are. lessons. So I ask you the same question. What is yours? <clears throat> you know, no one's ever asked me that. That's Aha. amazing. How many episodes it. have you done? I'm the first. No, we're, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking we're, this is going to be like 280 or 278 or something. I think. Um, what is so one you're lesson? you prepared for this. You've been waiting a while. What is oh, one wait. lesson? <laughs> what is one lesson that adversity has taught me? Yeah. Has got to be that adversity is the the thing that we sh- that we seek because we we may think that the destination or the goal is the thing mm-hmm. but the thing isn't going to bring the fulfillment and isn't going to bring the knowledge and isn't going to bring the story that you're going to get from overcoming the adversity like looking back no one ever says i went from here to there and was successful and talks about that they always talk about well what did i go through to get there right and that's where the medicine is that's where the the lesson is for everybody is like it's the adversity that we seek mm-hmm. or the, the adversity that we come across is going to be the thing that propels us to the next level and I believe that that the overcoming of the adversity and the challenges, the struggles, whatever word or label you want to call them, is the thing that actually brings us the satisfaction and fulfillment to what it is we're seeking. Amen, brother. Oh my God. That's <laughs> awesome. And I fully agree with you. That's so great. Great answer. Thank to you. The question that I thought of. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> This was so much fun. Honestly, I really it enjoyed was. talking to you. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah. I love how you think and the, the questions that you ask and just where your, your brain has gone. I have to give you a compliment on your own show. You ready for this one? Thank you. Like the more I chatted with you, the more I saw the way your mind works and it unfolded like a beautiful flower. And I'm like, can I please be your best friend? You are oh, such wow. an epic human. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. You're awesome as well. Like You're great to talk to. And I, I love how... Um, you know, you have that, like that energy. Cause I know a lot of people from East coast, Massachusetts and New York, and they have this, like this, like strength in their like personality. And it's like, it is, it's, it's like, I'm on the West coast and I see people on the East coast and it's like, wow, there's different, there's a different. And I really, I really love that fire. And to be able to combine the softness with that fire is really like is powerful. And I believe that you have that and, and I love what you're doing as well. So thank you so much. 
Thank you. I appreciate you seeing me. I appreciate that a lot. Absolutely. So we'll have everything linked in the show notes for, for everything and we'll send people to your book. And yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks everybody. Make sure to check out Laura. We'll link all her information in the show notes and get her book, Six Habits. We all need better habits and what better way than to get a book that really digs into the main habits of like what the happiest successful people do. So dive into it, follow her. And if you did get value from this, please share this with a friend or leave us a review on Apple and make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss it. Also, if you want to watch it on YouTube, go over there and you can subscribe and watch it as well. Thank you guys. I appreciate you. We'll catch you next time.